you're listening to the Safford Library Book Jockeys, where you'll learn about us, programs, and you guessed it, books. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's a new year, new us. Do you feel like the new year, new you? You know, I'm the same as last year. Yeah, I'm the same too. <laughs> I don't do resolutions. I mean, I think ahead of what, you know, some you things I like, what I hope to accomplish what I'm hoping to do in the new year. Right, right, right. Like I'm excited to do the Pima Turkey Trot this year and dress up my dog for turkey. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a highlight. Is it for you or for your dog? Of doing the turkey trot? Is the highlight for you or for the dog? Is that the dog's goal or is it more your goal so you can dress up said dog? Uh, probably the latter. It's a goal for me because I'd like to be that person with a dressed up dog at a, at a community event. You do love a community I, event, especially one as as cool as that one. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't done it before. No, I haven't. We've had family in town, or you've been out of town. Or, yeah, well, we've been out of town, so I just want to go do that. Now, um, is this going to be? Picture. Is it going to be a one off, or are you just going to do it every year you're here? We'll probably just see how it goes, making sure we still get our meal cooked. I was just remembering our hike. That hike was wild. So we hiked to Heliograph Loop yes. up on the mountain. In June. In June. It, well, early June. It wasn't too warm yet. No, it was late June, wasn't it? Whatever. It was last summer. Yeah, yeah. We hiked to Heliograph Loop from the Shannon Campground. Mm-hmm. And on the hiking app that we downloaded, um, it showed how many miles it was. Yes. Did it say it was supposed to be three miles? Three, three and a half, I think. Three or three and a half miles. Yeah, yeah. And how long did it say it was supposed to be round trip? Five and, five and a half. It was five and a half by the time we were done. Round trip was supposed to be three and a half. For hours or miles? Miles. No, miles. Three and a half miles. And it ended up being five and a half miles. Hours. <laughs> it took hours. I don't know if I can trust a hiking app again because I I don't really like necessarily, I wouldn't consider myself an outdoorsy person. I'm like an outside person. Like I'd like to be in nature, but, a novel or a nice snack. But you listen like, to the birds and feel the wind through the trees. But you want to go back in your house when you're done. That, yes. Yeah. When I'm to a place of. Yeah. 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 I understand. I'm, I'm not an outdoorsy person either. It's just kind of like part of uh, romanticizing life. You know, but I, that it was yeah. really miserable. I consider myself a hiker now. <laughs> we were all miserable. I persevered. I'll probably do it again. Well, now we know what to expect, though. And maybe we don't take the same trail going up because it was really steep well maybe if the listeners have any good hiking apps they can recommend let us know and email us at the library or just tell us at the library <laughs> because now when i look at this particular hiking app i'm like really because a mile they, really well they said this was a moderate difficulty this at, particular app. moderate difficulty. <laughs> people are probably listening who have done heliograph and they're like those people are lame well because we're not professional hikers it was I pretty mean, lame I got we all down. got slower and slower on the way down Oh man. But, uh, okay. So we've got that going on for this year. Some sort of being outside. Yours is the turkey trot. Are you talking about another hike on top of that? Oh yeah. Like when it warms up a bit more and right now I'm really looking forward to Gallantine, but I want to say I'm really looking forward to Galentine's day. It's January 23rd when we're recording this. So it's like two weeks away. Oh golly. Because Galentine's day is February 13th. Yes. But we're celebrating it February 8th. We're observing Galentine's observing, Day. Observing, excuse me. Prior. I know it's, I've even written in my calendar, Galentine's Day observed. <laughs> it's important. If you're not familiar with Galentine's Day, it's a, it's this 
it's this party or holiday. So it's like a pseudo holiday. It's a started, pseudo holiday. Yeah. That started on Parks, the TV show Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. which is where we get our name. Yes. Podcast, by the way. And so essentially it's an opportunity the day before Valentine's Day to celebrate and all your gal pals. Correct. And they go out to breakfast and so on. So And they have waffles specifically because Leslie Nopin, the show main character, her one of her favorite items to eat is waffles. So that's what we do. This will be yep. our third year. It's been observed for three years it's now. It's been observed for three years. We do a little staff breakfast. We we sign up for what each of us will bring mm-hmm. and we make it happen for Valentine's Day. And this year we're adding chicken. This year, this year we're adding chicken strips. So we're going to have chicken and waffles. I am so excited about Valentine's <laughs> Day. And this, it's basically like just like a little hot office party. That we yeah, do. exactly. And I'm so excited about it. So much so that I declined going to a professional <laughs> development because it was going to conflict with, with us observing Valentine's Day. Well, when when you showed me the date and you told me why, I'm like, well, you know, I understand. I, I couldn't I couldn't complain. Like, I'm not going to tell you not. I completely agree with you. It's an observed holiday. <laughs> for us, uh, especially, for- it's a very important day. And I look, I was like, oh, this this workshop will be great. It happens every year. Correct. It's the what's new in kids and and young young, young liter- adult young li- kids young. and teens. It's basically kids to teenage uh, literature. Literature, right. And what new titles are out that to, to keep an eye out for, to consider for your collection. And so I'm like, oh, I should go to that. I think it was going to be in Mesa or somewhere, somewhere right, right, in the right. Phoenix, greater Phoenix area. And I'm like, okay, I'll let me see the date. Okay, I'll write that down. And immediately when I looked at my calendar, I'm like, oh, I can't. It's so out. Fortunately, it's the type of professional development workshop that afterwards, like a video or recording is going to be yes. sent out to everybody anyway. So listeners, I'm not shir- shirking my responsibilities on finding out what's um, what's new in kids and teen literature. Well, this is one resource. So you, when we order for the collection, we use several resources. This is just one workshop that condenses a lot of those. So we'll still find those resources. And as you said, it's going to be recorded and we can still get a hold of that booklet. Right. And then they also print a booklet with the, the exact information. It's a resource guide yes. every year. So I'm okay. But I truly was like, well, I can't go. It's Valentine's Day. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> I guess we could be adults and go to the professional development. But you know what? You know, when you can just do it at home, why not? You know, staff community building in this case is way more important. And mm-hmm. it is actually very important to us. So, yes, it is. Well, the holiday season treated the library very well. As it in, does. In fact, the, the Friends of the Library, as many of our listeners will know, had their annual Seize Candy fundraiser. Yes, they did. The Friends of the Library, it's the fundraiser helps library services and programs. And it normally starts the week before Thanksgiving at Genevieve's Marketplace on Main Street. And it ends when they run out, which normally is about five weeks after that. So every year. And, and this, they ran out. Oh yeah, they, they ran, ran out, out again. Yeah, yeah, they ran out this year. They ran out again, and this year they normally it's around five thousand that they've accrued in, in profit. In profit, wow. yeah, it's in profit. Yeah, that's on. It's one of their. It's their biggest fundraiser. I know it's one they have slight anxiety about every year because they're always fearful that it won't sell. But every year it sells. Oh, because you have to buy all the product up front. 
Okay. They buy all the product up front and then they buy enough to last about five weeks. And this year they ran out again, I believe the weekend before Christmas. Good for them and good for us. Yeah, it's great for us because it comes back to the library and program services in some fashion. Um, it's something that I know they've, they really enjoy doing, um, although the anxiety is pretty high when they start. Oh, I imagine. I imagine back when I was teaching, there were some fundraisers where you had to pay for certain products up front and it gets you a little stressed out. And this, and every year the offerings are slightly different because depending on prior years, that's what they'll order for the next year. Fantastic. Well, we're so uh, thankful for our community for investing in this particular program and fundraiser. And of course, the Friends of the Library do so much, mm -hmm. so much uh, for us mm -hmm. and for patrons. So we're really excited and grateful. Mm -hmm. Coming up, we've got Fun with Math and Science. This is your, this is your program. That's right. I co-facilitate it with uh, our coworker, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Morris. And uh, it's a, it's a six week program that yes. meets once a week. It's for parents and care parents and, or excuse me, caregivers. It's for kids and their caregiver for ages three to five. And they build on all sorts of skills related to math and science concepts that reinforce school readiness. So no, we're not doing chemistry lab experiments no. <laughs> by any means, but we're making, we're reinforcing ideas like shapes and their attributes. Um, sorting things by same and different. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Oh, patterns. Patterns, yep. patterns is another big one. And so there's six weeks of this um, of this program. Mm -hmm. It starts in on Wednesday, February seventh. Mm -hmm. And I've got to double check, but we're just about full for this spring that's session. Fantastic. So that's exciting. That's exciting. And every with every week, the kids get a free book mm -hmm. based on that topic. And it, we have a really lovely time. The program is actually a program that was constructed, created mm -hmm. by the Scottsdale, the Public, Scottsdale Public Library. And so we license it through them. Mm -hmm. And the general pattern includes songs, some sort of opening story, then guided play around yes. the room where it's the kids and their caregivers can read books on the week's topic, do fine motor activities, mm -hmm. gross motor activities, or other manipulatives that reinforce the topic for that time. And then, of course, after that, we come back together for a closing book related to the topic. And these aren't, you know, necessarily nonfiction books. A lot of them are fiction books. Fiction books that reinforce those concepts. Those concepts. Like, for example, we read books based on size and measurements. That's mm -hmm. another week, week topic. So those kinds of math and science skills that reinforce school readiness, especially with counting. That's yes. another topic. And understanding that numbers mean certain quantities and that numbers continue, that if you add one more to, to whatever quantity you have, it's going to be the next number up. Those kinds of topics that maybe we take for granted as adults, mm -hmm. they're foundational and they're building blocks for kids being ready for school. So we are excited to have our spring session starting soon. So we'll start at the beginning of February and move to about mid-March. Mid what else do we have going on at the library programming-wise? Well, this isn't necessarily a program. It's a display. So um, the library, we apply for various grants every year. And this year we applied from a grant through the Arizona State Library. It's a twofold grant. Part of the grant is purchasing new materials for our collection with a focus this year on juvenile nonfiction and adult nonfiction, the collections for both of those sections. So the other component of that 
is those books that we purchase, we need to somehow incorporate them into a display or a program or some other service we provide for patrons here at the library. So the juvenile collection is being incorporated into some of our programs that we're offering this spring. But for me, because um, I order the adult collection, we with Leslie, we have started working on a display that displays um, historical parts of Graham County or just general family life. And we're starting that in February. So this February, in case you haven't seen our post on Facebook, if we are looking for um, crisp, uh, Christmas kitchen um, utensils or materials that are antiques and how they could have been used. So we'll be displaying those at the library and we'll also have recipes on the wall and along the sides of old family recipes that have the old scratch outs and grease stain marks and people have used for- And the perfect penmanship. And the perfect penmanship. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And then we'll also have a display. We'll also have some information about our Biblioboard program um, so we can continue to add more spices, uh, more recipes to our Spice of the Month Club um, as part of the Graham County Cooks and just in general recipes in the community. So that will be the first of several displays we'll be doing um, over the next few months too. Are the displays monthly or how do they time? Um, they'll be about monthly. Okay. Uh, yeah, there'll be a few um, before as part of that grant cycle. So it's something actually we're really excited about just to showcase what people have in the community. And we've received some donations from folks that these are their materials that their family has passed down kitchen items that they, they sometimes still use. And sometimes um, it's just old antique. Items. And these are items that the library is borrowing for the display. Correct. So the first display, it's kitchen, kitchen, kitchen ephemera. Yes, correct. Okay. Correct. Through the decades, through, through the, the centuries. Decade. It'll be in a locked cabinet, so it'll have some information. If it's not obvious what the item was used for, there'll be some information about what it actually is used for. So it was a kind of interesting seeing some of the items when people have been bringing them in. So I can't wait because I, I, when I, I, I really like, I guess you could say, I've already said it, the kitchen ephemera. I yeah. like seeing it through the decades and through the centuries and I've got a few pieces at home mm -hmm. that I might bring in and to add to that display. And it's just really cool to see how, what, what used to be everyday tools. And I have some at home as well. I, I go to vintage, I go to vintage stores and I look for that kind of stuff to have. Just, it's just interesting to see how we've evolved over time. Absolutely. My favorite, and you see those things online where it's like, guess what this tool was for. <laughs> and people are like, I have no idea what this is for. And then it turns out it's like a special pastry cutter yeah. or an egg beater. Or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and you, and we're also collecting old recipe books, like family recipe books. So we'd like to display those along with. Or like, here's our neighborhood cookbook. <laughs> yes. Here's, here's the 1952 church cookbook, cookbook. with all the casseroles and yeah. jello molds in it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. It'll be a fun display and there'll be others coming down over the next few months. So we're looking forward to that. Let's talk about books. Last in the last episode, yes. I mentioned the last summer of Newport. Yes, and I I need to create a correction, folks. Correction. I said that Newport was in Connecticut. My bad. I know it's in Rhode Island. <laughs> Newport is in Rhode Island. There. Consider consider the last episode corrected. There you go. Yeah. I honestly have not done much reading lately. I've been so burned out from. I mean, from reading, from the holidays, from all of it. My daughter got me yarn for Christmas. Oh, nice. Because sometimes I knit it mm -hmm. just as a relaxation strategy. 
And so she got me yarn and uh, I had requested if they got yarn, maybe some jewel tones. Right. She picked out some yarn that is totally all of her favorite colors. <laughs> it's a, like a multicolor blend of nice. skein of yarn. And uh, so right now I'm knitting her a scarf oh, very with nice. the yarn that she picked out. Very nice. So I've been working on that. The book I'm going to feature is actually a book that I finished, I don't know, maybe a week after Christmas. It's, okay. a Christ it's a Christmas book. So I know it's January, but let's talk about this Christmas book because I think it's the first in a series. It is. I believe it is. Yeah. It's the first in a series. It's called The Christmas Wedding Guest by Susan Mallory. And I noticed on the shelves under in the fiction section under Mallory, is Susan Mallory like a serial writer? Does she write most things in series? Sometimes, but other times they're just standalones. It just depends. Okay. Well, they really, in The Christmas Wedding Guest, even if we didn't know it was a series, I didn't know while I was reading it, it was the first of a series. I'm like, wow, she's really setting this up to be a series. I keep, <laughs> I keep meeting these other characters with some with some plot lines that they talk about, but don't dive into. Exactly. Like, oh, that's going to be the next book. Oh, that's the next book. So it takes place in Wishing Tree, Washington, a little before the week of Thanksgiving on through Christmas. So it's okay. about, a, it takes the whole book takes place in about a five week span. And it's a, told the, the chapters will alternate being told from different people's point of view, mm -hmm. the two sisters or their love interests okay. and Wishing Tree Washington is a town that just loves Christmas. If you like a holiday, uh, if you like Hallmark holiday movies, this is a book. I pretty, I pretty, it pretty much feels like what you would watch because the town loves Christmas. The streets are named after Christmassy kinds <laughs> of things on the town square. It's all, which isn't really a square. It's a circle. It's, they call it the wreath. <laughs> and okay, that's cool. A lot of, so on, on the wreath, the right. shops uh, have like seasonally named shops nice so I'm like, what is that like in july though <laughs> but anyway um it's a fiction book yeah unlike a lot of the books i often read where the characters move to a town small town and become it's integral members of the community <laughs> these ladies are already integral members of the community they're they grew up in this town they are back well the one sister is a school local school teacher mm -hmm. and she owns an inn of course there's an inn yeah she owns an inn that she inherited from her grandmother the other sister li usually lives in Seattle, mm -hmm. but she has a work from home business. And so she's back, she's back in Wishing Tree because their mother and their mom and dad are getting married. Now the parents are already married, but decades, decades prior, their wedding was an elopement. So the mom oh. decided, she's like, you know, I really want a wedding. Right. That would be, I really like to do that. So they're there, they're helping prep this wedding, which really isn't all that big of a plot point, even though... <laughs> Even though the book, is, the book is called The Christmas Wedding Guest, it's like a minor plot point. What the big plot points are, are these ladies um, connecting with these love interests and reevaluating, I guess, what their priorities are in Wishing Tree and elsewhere and who they want to share their lives with. Very nice. So it's a nice little heartwarming book. It was. It was noncommittal. <laughs> You know, it wasn't the most page turner kind of book I've read, but it was one that was just comfortable and cozy. And, you know, because books that are part of a series make it easy for me to choose a future book, <laughs> perhaps I'll read other other books. If I have a feeling the other books are going to be told from the perspectives of the, Some the, of women, characters. the women in their friend group. The characters that they started the plot points on, but didn't get too far. Right. We hear what's going on in their lives, but it doesn't become an overarching 
an overarching um, plot for the book. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I know you read another one of her books, right? Was it her or Susan Wiggs? Was that the other one? I read multiple books by Susan Wiggs. Oh, it's Susan Wiggs. Okay, this is somebody else. Susan so apparently Wiggs. I have a Susan, I have a Susan um, trend. I noticed that when I read the book. Now, if you've been listen, an avid listener to the podcast, um, just so you know, you don't have to be worried about writing down the books we mentioned or going back and re-listening to things. I mean, you can listen to our podcast anytime you'd like, <laughs> as many times as you'd like. But here at the library, next to the new books, we have a display of books that are featured on the Safford Library Book Jockeys podcast. Correct. And so, for example, The Christmas Wedding Guest by Susan Mallory will be on that display for at least the next month. Yes. So if somebody wants to check it out, they can. There's even a little sticker on there that reminds, just listen, you know, to remind you to listen to the podcast. This is where it's from. So yep. yeah, it's a really cool little as display featured. as yep. featured. Yeah. We feature it. Yeah. Their new books display. Area. And the books are getting checked out too. They are. Some have been on that shelf for a little while. But most of them actually have moved. They have. Or some of them, I think, have been checked out and we put them back on. Well, we got once they're checked out, they'll just go back to their usual spot in the collection. Sometimes we put them back up there, though, too. Just to help feature the books and, and build interest and so on. So either you folks are checking out the books because of the book recommendation, or they just look like really awesome books on the shelf and people want to check them out. Either way, we've got books in hands, and that's fantastic. I hear children building... <laughs> We're about ready to have one of our after-school programs, and so we're getting that type of energy, energy and that energy in the library that happens at very specific times of day. And before some of our kid programs, that energy uh, perks up. I can't wait to hear all about it from my kids, my two youngest. Right. So I can't wait to hear from some of them today and what they did and how much fun they had. Well, the next time you guys listen to a podcast, we, we're going to have to report back on Galentine's Day <laughs> and the joy and love that we share with each other. Victoria's shaking her head and closed her eyes and shaking her head at me. Basically, you know, and waffles. And waffles and chicken. And this year with the chicken, we have so many different toppings for the waffles. We do. So many different <laughs> waffle irons that we have an allergy. That waffle iron, because these ones are, are, have nuts in the batter. Like you can just build all kinds of different well, waffles. And We're just, back to waffles, folks. Well, just so you all know, I'm the one that has the nut allergy. So it's, I have my own special waffle maker every year, which is kind of nice, actually. It is. My favorite waffle at Galentine's Day is I put the batter in, then I put in crushed or cr like crumbled pecans and crumbled up bacon and then I cook it and then it's so good with some maple syrup on top Why do you do the that? real maple syrup I know you get the real you get the real maple syrup for yeah this. I need a snack I think that's what <laughs> this discussion is telling us I think it's snack but we we're so glad thank you so much for listening to our podcast this month we hope that you follow the library on really is it all the social media platforms Yes. Email us any questions that you have that you'd like to be addressed on the on the podcast at SaffordLibrary.org. What's .org? What's our email address? SaffordLibrary.org. That's a website, not an email address. SaffordLibrary.com. That's still a website. What's the email address? SaffordLibrary at gmail.com. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That took us too long because we need a snack. <laughs> it's late in the day. We must be crashing. You can email us any questions or give us a ringy dingy or just say when you see us at Walmart, just a question for the podcast. Our, our, our email is 
Stafford Library at gmail.com. <laughs>